Hi everyone, welcome back to the Growth Jazz podcast. I'll be bringing you fitness education with practical application. And today we're doing a Q&A episode. Um, so these are questions from one-to-one clients and group program members. So I put the put the little link out to them to ask me questions anonymously. Um, I said questions or topics. So we have kind of some that are just like, talk. please talk on, on this topic. Um, so I'm just gonna kind of do my best to give her like a overview with those questions and then I guess with those topics and then if there's any questions that stem from them in the future I guess we can go into them into a bit more detail but let's start with question one is the trap bar as effective for RDLs given that it can't run close to your legs it feels better on my shoulders but worse on my lower back so a trap bar or a hex bar has this hexagonal frame um, but the weight is going to be out kind of either side of your body and I think this question is quite a good example of people getting caught up in thinking about what like the piece of equipment is doing or the machine kind of in relation to the body rather than what the body is doing itself because with all your exercises try to imagine them without the barbell or without the machine um and think about what the skeleton is doing because that's what we're trying to train at the end of the day. The, the weight and the piece of equipment is just ways of loading that movement pattern. So with an RDL, what's the aim? It is to hinge at the hips, to send them back towards the wall behind, to elongate the glutes in this kind of flexed hip position at the bottom and then use them to stand back up. The load when you're using a trap bar is still close to the body you know it's at, it's to the side so it's kind of around your, your center of mass um despite the frame so we're not thinking about like where where is the frame of the trap bar compared to you know when i've got a straight barbell it's close to my legs it's kind of irrelevant to to where the bar is in relation to your legs even when people say you know i can't lower the bar down all the way to the floor it's not about what the bar's doing it's about what your body's doing how far are you sitting your hips back as far as they can go? Are you letting your chest fall as a counterbalance? If so, great. It's not really about the piece, what the piece of equipment's doing. Um, it's, I guess it's a bit like when people talk about, okay, is a Smith machine better than a barbell for a hip thrust? It's like, well, you, you're trained, look at, get rid of the piece of equipment. You're training that movement pattern. Which bit of equipment allows you to train that movement pattern the best? And then that that's your answer. Um, now, if you feel like you're loading the lower back more, I think you said with um, the trap bar, focus on what your body is doing. Are you sitting the hips back towards the wall behind and letting your chest fall as that counterbalance? Is your torso staying nice and stacked and solid or are you getting kind of arching or flexion? Are you bracing and creating tension properly? Since you're a one-to-one client or a group program member, get me to check your form and we can we can make sure. Okay, so the next question was actually a request for topics, I guess. So it was training with injuries and also hybrid training. So I'll just do like a uh, like top line main things I think about for both of those. And then if, as I said, if any questions stem from what I've, I say, we can discuss them in another episode or you can message me or whatever. Um, so training with injuries. First thing, make sure you're working with a medical professional um, if if required. So that it, as as like a fitness professional it sometimes can be difficult because you know if someone picks up an injury in or outside of the gym they'll often say to you you know well please you know can like they'll expect maybe me to be able to try and diagnose it or 
you know, know exactly what you should and shouldn't be doing. That is outside of my scope. Whilst I may have some idea of those things, it is outside of my scope. And so I really would, particularly if it's, you know, if it's a little strain or whatever, quite often it will just be a case of us working together to kind of either, you know, give it some rest, gradually reintroduce things. But, you know, if it's, if it's more of a problem, speaking to a physio, um, or whatever is, is going to be important. They're going to be in able to advise you on things you should or shouldn't be doing which will help me kind of make decisions about your training um they might be able to kind of diagnose the issue um and they'll probably be able to provide some rehab work that you might kind of incorporate into your training so after that um you can often train around injuries depending on what it is um we might need to make some adjustments we might need need to make some substitutions to positioning obviously it totally depends on the injury um the body part but don't avoid moving the body part at all motion is lotion and actually you know if you injure your foot and then you go I cannot be in the gym for three weeks and I just have to be on bed rest let me tell you that foot is going to take longer to recover and obviously the rest of your body what about the whole upper body that you could still do loads of training for actually with a foot injury you could probably still do some lower body training you know you could do a leg extension you could do a seated hamstrings curl you could do a seated hip abduction like that there's still always ways almost almost always ways we can train around injuries and actually it's really beneficial for recover you know better recovery of injuries um, and when we are beginning to train whatever body part that was injured the process should be gradual so we want to gradually load the the you know patterns that load like whether it's muscular or, or joint or whatever we need to take it slow and we need to keep um start with more you know more rir so more reps in reserve more reps in the tank so lower intensity and gradually build from there it sucks it's frustrating when you get injured but it is like if you do anything for long enough if you play a sport or exercise or just like live life like quite often times people get injured outside of the gym it is quite likely to happen to us all at, at some point um and I'd really encourage you to, rather than stressing out and, and getting all upset about the things you can't do, focus on all the things that you can still control. Loads of your training that you can probably still do. Maybe have to do a bit of cardio work instead of lifting for a while. But Or maybe you can, as I said, do different exercises, make adjustments. Um, you've still got complete control of your nutrition, so you can put a really big emphasis on that. So focus on those things rather than the things you can't do. And the next thing you wanted me to talk about was hybrid training. So hybrid training, obviously, like it's a bit of a trend right now. Like it's it's cool to be a hybrid athlete, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which, like, I'm not going to slag that off because um, I think cardio is good. I think it's cool that people are realizing they don't just have to train in one specific way and put themselves in a box. But obviously, like the term hybrid training is kind of trendy right now. But again, I don't think it's bad. And I. I run and lift so I guess I guess I'm a hybrid athlete too um so yeah it's just doing more than one form of training so it could be lifting and climbing or swimming and running or biking and swimming and running or whatever you know more than one um so for most people um it or like if you are you know you are since you are a one-to-one client or a group program member it's probably a case that you lift and you want to add cardio um my first point would be make it gradual you do not want to go from doing your lifting and then adding 
four cardio sessions on top and expect you know like when you first stepped in the gym you didn't just suddenly start training at the level you're training at now or the frequency or the intensity and so we have to make it a gradual process remember the body adapts to stimulus stimuli over time and so you've got to be gradual with it um start with one per week and gradually build up from there um your nutrition needs to probably reflect your extra energy expenditure um particularly as you you know if you're just doing like one jog a week and that kind of thing it's not going to make a massive amount of difference but you know if you start to build up a few cardio sessions into your week your nutrition your your calories perhaps your carbohydrates may need to increase to um align with that um my next thing would be you have to be kind of clear on what your priority is um and accept so so for me lifting is still probably my yeah it's like what I care about most I guess it's my priority um and so then you have to accept you're probably not going to be fresh as a daisy all the time for the other so I know lifting is my priority um I like schedule my week so that my lifts particularly my lower body days so that they're probably the most important to me they're very taxing and so I wouldn't do a hard run or a long run the day before but I might train legs the day before a run and just have to accept the fact that on the run my legs might be a bit heavy my legs might be a bit sore and that probably does impact my performance a bit but if I want to do both I'm probably you know I'm probably not going to be a hundred percent super fresh for both of them um so I think that's important and if it's vice versa like I've got a few one-to-one clients training for marathons at the moment their priority is running so we make sure their lifting is of an appropriate intensity that they're not getting super sore um you know they can recover well from it that the exercises we're choosing support their running you know we've got you know they want to maintain the muscle or continue to build muscle and strength but also with that we're making sure we've got calf work hip flexor work some plyometric work to support their running as well um and they wouldn't train legs before a run because the day before a run because that would severely impact their running um so you've got to i guess be clear on on kind of your priorities there and and with when you're just doing more training in general you do have to have a pretty good weekly structure that you know as i said you program your rest days or when you're doing different sessions like it just takes a bit more planning because you've got more to balance and you want to like make optimize recovery as much as possible i guess Right, next question was someone who would be interested in me talking about HA um, or foods that are good to have on periods, uh, for example, high estrogen foods. So um, HA is hypothalamic amenorrhea, which um, the hypothalamus is basically the control centre of your brain. Um, And if you have HA, the um, hypothalamus, hypothalamus, hypothalamus has caused a loss of your menstrual cycle or your period um so when the when we receive a message that there's something stressing out the body um the hypothalamus might stop releasing uh dnrh which is this this hormone that is really important for menstruation um so it puts certain functions on hold so that the body can focus on the most important ones and so symptoms of ha kind of uh other than missing like not having a regular period would would also may also involve kind of low energy levels maybe kind of low libido a variable mood perhaps kind of some sleeping issues hunger perhaps kind of brain fog so 
people with HA, you might experience that. You might not experience those other side effects, but obviously the the key indicator is is a lacking menstrual cycle. That's not to say everyone without a menstrual cycle has HA. Um, it might co- there could be other causes like PCOS, but that you know HA is a, a missing menstrual cycle due to the body not being in a happy enough position to have a menstrual cycle, basically. Um, and causes include and are often a combination of not consuming enough energy, so under eating, um, over exercising, which can be stressful to the body. It could also be kind of emotional stress. Um, it could be a low body fat percentage, uh, perhaps kind of having an eating disorder and just like general low energy availability. So if your output isn't, is just really high and your body has this kind of chronic low, low energy availability, um, you, you might, you might get HA, you might, um, your body might not kind of function in properly for, um, having a, a regular menstrual cycle. Um, the fix is going to be reducing that stress on the body um, because obviously not only like it's not just oh I don't get a menstrual cycle it's you know a lack of that is a really big indicator of non-optimal health Um, it can also impact things like your bone health obviously fertility if you don't have a a regular menstrual cycle it can impact cardiac health and so regaining a menstrual cycle if you have HA should be number one priority you know, training, physique, all of that aside, this should, must be the priority. Um, and, and that kind of recovery or fix from it, there, there are a number of things that, that might be need to be looked at. It, it often involves reducing exercise and activity. So maybe reducing your output from a step standpoint and or less training and or lower training intensity. Um, it often involves eating more. It very often requires gaining body fat. Um, sometimes it might be a case of also looking at kind of removing stressful situations or people from life, learning how to better manage stress. Maybe that's through med- meditation, journaling, mindfulness practices, etc. And there isn't, there's just no defined amount of time that this will take. Um, but, you know, part of the issue is even if you've reduced exercise, you've increased food, you've managed stress and that kind of thing. If you are maintaining a body fat percentage that is too low you can do everything else but it's not going to come back and unfortunately like quite we often see the the personalities of people who might be prone to either restriction over exercise like a combination of um the attachment to a lean or super low body fat um percentage like if ha is is a result of that the last you know one of the last things they want to do is gain body fat or reduce their training and that kind of thing but unfortunately we can you know eat certain foods and bump our calories up by 100 or do all these little bits here and there but 95 99 percent of the time it actually it has to come from the big big blocks which is looking at energy expenditure and managing that and and quite often eating more and gaining a bit of body weight um and that that is the truth of it and so there's not really much kind of beating around the bush and even if you are at maintenance it doesn't mean you are maintaining a body fat percentage that your body is happy at because if you're missing your cycle it's a and you're pretty low body fat you know 
it, that, that is a pretty obvious cause there. And so increasing fat and carb intake is is a really good idea. Um, and, and if you're already at, you know, between kind of 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight, and you're going above that kind of suggested protein intake, I'd recommend taking some of those calories that you're putting towards the protein and putting those towards fats and carbs. As I said, also alongside that, often requiring a reduction in expenditures, maybe fewer steps, steps, less training, looking at your training intensity. Um, and I think just remembering that this is like a period of time. It's a stage that is really important because a regular menstrual cycle is a huge indicator of health and, and this can't be ignored. But making those changes is just a, a, a stage um, an essential stage and it, but it's not forever and so you will be able to return to you know going back to upping the training intensity and maybe doing more training and, and that kind of thing but you know as I said it has to become number one priority for that period of time and um, but like finally I'd, I'd really recommend speaking speaking to a doctor if you've not got a regular cycle or if you've missed kind of menses which is like your your bleed for like three months or more in a row start by talking to the doctor um and kind of you you kind of will need to take things from there and obviously if you're a one-to-one client then that's a process we will do together and I think again has to become number one priority above everything else okay next question um how can I incorporate more cardio when I'm already tight for time in the gym with my strength sessions um brackets I also just hate cardio generally so can never find the time for it laughing face um so I guess my thoughts here would be okay if it doesn't feel like you can fit it in um on the sessions you're at the gym could you get to the gym an extra day for just a cardio session um could you do some form of cardio that is outdoors or at home so that you can do it on rest days for example um if you I guess kind of a combination of you not liking cardio and also being pushed for time doing kind of shorter higher intensity work might be a good idea for you something like intervals or conditioning style circuits that obviously you're working at higher kind of um higher intensities and therefore you kind of need less time to kind of get some kind of good cardiovascular benefit from it um so whether that's intervals you know on a bike or on a treadmill or whether you do it as i said a conditioning style circuit with a number of kind of stations i've got quite a lot of clients who quite quite like to have that maybe they do kind of 75 percent of an upper session and then we switch the rest of their upper session for a conditioning circuit so they get some cardio in that way but i guess like another thing is to kind of remind yourself of the value of cardiovascular work and the 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 fact that you cannot be the health your healthiest self without some form of cardio full stop um and walking isn't that you know and walking isn't enough for that it it must be something that gets our heart rate up enough you know at least into zone two and, and you know then getting some you know higher intensity work would be really good as well but if we're talking heart health respiratory health you know cardiovascular health you can't have that high level of health without any form of cardio so I guess it's like right how do I make time for that as I said is it an extra day at the gym is it doing something outdoors or at home um or or you know maybe it's sacrificing part of an upper body session for a bit of cardio for example 
Next question, um, I often have to train early in the morning uh, before work to fit in a workout, but then I'm totally tired and exhausted for the rest of the day despite eating enough. Do you have any advice? So I think I'd start by looking at your pre and post workout nutrition. Are you having something beforehand, maybe some kind of fast digesting carbohydrates um, for some quick energy before your training session, whether it's a banana, some dates, uh, half a bagel with some jam, something before your session? Are you having uh, 20 to 40 grams of protein and 20 to 40 grams of of carbs within a few hours after your training session? maybe kind of slightly slower digesting carbs what what's your meal like the night before do you have a a good sized meal the night before to fuel your training session in the morning does it include a good serving of slow digesting carbohydrates that you can use as kind of energy for your morning training session what's your sleep like are you getting seven to nine hours of sleep consistently um every day is your sleep routine you know really pretty similar day to day are you going to bed at a similar time are you waking up at a similar time what's your sleep quality like are you waking up loads throughout the night um are you restless are you getting enough REM sleep um if all of those boxes are ticked you know you shouldn't be feeling like to me that's a bit of a sign that something's slightly off if you're just so wiped out for the rest of the day from a training session um And if all of those things were in place, um, you might have to look at your training intensity and you might have to reduce training intensity a little bit. Because I mean, if you can't like function properly throughout the rest of the day, whether you need to bring volume down a little bit and cut a set out of each exercise or keep a few more reps in reserve, you know, that would be my like, not like last resort, but I guess, you know, looking at all of those other things first. Right, if leg training starts with an isolation exercise for example a kickback or a leg curl should you still push yourself to muscular failure in the first few sets or save some energy for the following compound lifts um you should still push yourself even if an isolation exercise is at the beginning of the session um and we don't need to like quote unquote save energy because your body doesn't know the weight on the bar or on the machine um if you're going into a compound lift fresh at the beginning of a session or if you're going into it with a bit of bit more fatigue in the muscle so you might have done like a kickback before or a leg curl before and so some of the muscles used in the exercise might be will will have a bit of fatigue um if you if you you know did an rdl second versus first for example you will have a bit of fatigue in your glutes or hamstrings and you will probably be able to do less weight or do less reps on your rdl but that doesn't matter because your body doesn't know that your body knows the challenge it's experiencing and so if you are still working to the same perceived level of intensity so the same rir the weight and reps are are totally arbitrary um and and because you're doing it at the same position in the workout each week even more so um so it's not about this this number it's about how close you are taking the muscle to failure the challenge you're putting on the muscle and this is actually why so if you think about like big bodybuilders who are on kind of anabolics and that kind of thing their muscles grow at um 
are, are often getting like stronger faster than things like their joints and tendons when they're using kind of anabolic steroids so they'll you'll often almost always see them doing something like leg curls and their leg extensions and their abduction and whatever at the beginning of a session working really bloody hard on them before their compound lifts because that means that when they go onto their compound lifts they have to use less weight in those bigger lifts because there's already some fatigue in the muscle um so they can get the same uh stimulus you know that they're, they're still pushing to the same level of intensity perceived intensity but they can use less weight which is going to be safer for them because as i said like that it's going to be safer on their joints and tendons because they need so much load that actually kind of pre-fatiguing is a really good idea so hopefully hopefully that makes sense okay and final question um what's your opinion on eaa powders in comparison to protein powder so eaa stands for essential amino acids so you've got like bcaas which are branch chain amino acids eaas are essential amino acids and so an essential amino acid is there are nine so there are 20 amino acids in total um but nine of them are essential meaning um they're not produced by the body basically um so that is they would be the amino acids in an essential amino acid powder versus in a something like a whey protein powder it would contain a kind of full spectrum of the amino acids if you are getting enough protein in your diet and you are you know whether whether or not you're using protein powder to supplement that you don't need an EAA supplement and if you are going to supplement with one I'd definitely recommend supplementing with protein powder like a whey powder or like a vegan blend versus an EAA powder so no I don't think you need an EAA powder I would definitely choose a protein powder instead um yeah no need to complicate that one I guess so thank you for these questions um clients and members they were very good obviously as I said kind of any follow-up questions to the topics or whatever you can just drop me a message and we can chat through them together um and you know I should do these episodes kind of semi-regularly so that kind of any topics that people who work with me want and in a bit more detail or just kind of a bit more long-form content that I can go into um I'm always happy to do that so kind of if you if you do work with me look out for these I always put it in the Facebook group and the group chat so um that's you know where but obviously you know that you can always ask me questions and I'm sure I'll give you a little mini lecture on them anyway um but this is a good chance to do that as well so thank you for the questions if you do want to be a client and work with me um whether that's in my group training program or as a one-to-one client i'll leave all the information about that in the show notes down below so you can find out a bit more if it's one-to-one coaching you're interested in that's my kind of highest level of support and guidance with your training and nutrition um i offer a complimentary uh, discovery call beforehand which is basically a chance for you and i to have a chat to have a you know discussion about what you're looking for what your goals are and see if I'm you know if we're a good fit and and how I can help support you um and my group training program is the best hypertrophy program I could possibly write um for less than 80 pence per day so I'll leave the link to that one down below as well but that's all from me for today and I'll speak to you again next week